We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Aren't you ashamed? No, I'm not. Who the hell do you think you are, lady? You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I'm awake, are you? Let's go now to our new episode of The Unfiltered Rise with me, Heidi Love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and Omri veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, and my brother. What's up, Jason? How's it going, bro? How's it going? What's up, everybody? What's up, Brandon? What's up, Heidi? What's up, Josh? Yes, have- God bless you guys. Hope everyone's doing all right. God bless you, too. So we have returning guests. Uh, last time, they both uh, crushed it. We have... Um, from Unfiltered Rise, the host of Unfiltered Rise, Heidi Love. How's it going, Heidi? Good. Thank you for having us back. No problem. And and returning guests also, uh, Brennan Burling. How's it going, my brother? Good, man. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Last time, uh, both of them actually had really good shows, and now we're going to combine them together. Uh, this is going to be part two from uh, last week's show, uh, which we're going to be releasing uh, next week. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but... That's just how it is right now. But anyways, yeah, so we're going to have how Mormonism connects to the occult and Freemasonry. Before we start, I just want to say for anybody that's Mormon out there, you know, we're we're just trying to uncover truth, you know, and we're not trying to like offend you. We're just trying to show you how it connects. So if if you have ears, we need you to hear, you know, everybody to hear, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, in particular, maybe like have an open heart, listen, and, you know, you could spit out the, you know, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. Maybe you find something you didn't know. Maybe you find something that you did know, you know? So just, you know, I just say open, you know, listen with an open heart. And uh, Heidi is an ex-Temple member, so she actually has firsthand experience with this. So it might help you through your walk. You know, we're just trying to lead people to Christ, the real Christ, you know? And that's all we're trying to do here. So thank you guys for listening. We love you. And uh, take it away, Heidi. All right. Well, I just wanted to begin with some... history um, that we didn't go into last time because that was more my story and all the things that I went through. But this is actually from the beginnings of Mormonism or the beginnings with Joseph Smith. So I wanted to bring it back first to start off. This is a quote from his mom, Lucy Mack Smith. It's pretty famous and a lot of people are get pretty upset about this, but I found it phenomenally interesting. 
So it says, I shall change my theme for the present, but let not my reader suppose that because I shall pursue another topic for a season that we stop our labor and went at trying with the faculty of a brack drawing magic circles or soothsaying to the neglect of all kinds of business. We never during our lives suffered one important interest to swallow up every other obligation. While we worked with our hands, we endeavored to remember. So I'm, I can't read the blast, but it's okay. Um, they can see it on there. It just has a line through it on my phone. So okay. I just wanted to, where, where did you get bring, to? I, to the last almost sentence, I think it okay. says to remember the service and the okay. welfare of our souls. Our souls yeah. Yay. So the main part of this whole thing that just shook me to my core is the faculty of a brack. A lot of people skip right over it because they go to the magic circles and there was all these and Sue saying, and he's known for a lot of different odd magical things. And I wanted to delve into that and find out just what exactly was going on there. And boy, did I. So Lucy was actually in the faculty of Abrax, which is um, a religion to Abraxas. Abraxas is this god. He is a two-tailed chicken god. And he is a necromancer, which I found extraordinarily interesting. There's another photo of him. And the sun behind him is so interesting as well. That will tie right back later to some pictures we have but this is also another picture of Braxis. so he is a necromancer and a god and they were known followers of that so um his father was known as a treasure hunter he was a scryer and he's divining rods and when joseph was born he went around telling the whole town that he was born in a call. Do you guys know what a call is? Uh, he's born Hello? into a call. Oh, sorry. sorry. He was born. In, no, I thought I lost you. He was born in a call, which means he was actually born in the bag. So the whole placenta, like the bag came out with him. So oh. like when you break your water, he was still inside that. And it's rare. It's super rare. So the dad was really excited and took it as a sign that that was going to be that he was meant to be a seer. Mm. And so even as a young child, he had been called Joseph the seer or um, he he just from a really young age, the parents kind of pushed this on him. And this, uh, I kind of wanted to explain this so that they can see where this is going to lead to. And at the age of six, Joseph had had a huge infection in his leg after he had some kind of an abscess and they had to actually almost cut off his leg and they made it so sorry about that. they made it so that they came in to take off his leg and the mother who was known as a healer and she had done all this different healing kind of backwoods magic stuff. She said, no, do this instead, cut out the infected bone, cut out the infected muscle and tissue. So actually she was really smart because it saved his leg and wow. he refused. Yeah. He refused any kind of anesthesia or anything at that time because his father was kind of known to be an alcoholic and, um, they, they struggled a lot as a family they were super poor. So he just wanted probably to be an example and, also, it was actually said one thing about Joseph Smith, I'll say is, well, two things. He was super 
dynamic. And also they said that he was tough as nails. Like he had had multiple things happen to him in his life. And people that had made accounts that went after him said he was like the strongest person they'd ever fought. So it gave him some, some strong, you know, backbone, obviously. He he didn't didn't want to take, he didn't want to take the uh, antiseptics and stuff because he didn't want to get addicted. Is that why? He, well, they only offered back then. The only thing they could offer was spirit wine and his father was an alcoholic. So he kind of was like, no, that's okay. But don't worry. He does partake later. (laughs) There's okay. no records of that, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things that were in controversy with him at a later point with mushrooms and alcohol, but we won't wow. get too far into that. <laughs> so he was um, not able to work the fields, which is why I bring all this up. And he ended up being a scryer and a virgin scryer for this treasure hunting company that the dad and a whole bunch of his friends were in. And they were in a group where if they were out treasure hunting and one person found something, they kind of all shared it on contract with each other. So it was kind of interesting where I, I look at it from kids view is that he had a different way of learning. And I feel like he was much smarter and more learned from his mother, who was this healer. And she had been known to have Scottish, like Scottish background. So I think some of this stuff may have been passed down from her to him. And there were certain books that he, he was very like the Magus that he was known to have known about, which is an occult book. And there was three occult books actually that he had interest in. And also the Bible, which is obviously going to play a huge part in everything where he's going to create a Bible. So these items right here are a seer stone that he was absolutely known to use often. This is the brown one above the white one is the one that he actually translated the Book of Mormon with. They don't um, advertise that real widely. They like to say he used something else called the Urim and Thummim. But it's been well documented by Martin Harris, who was one of his scribes and his wife and others that worked on this with him, that he did use the seer stone and put his head in his hat. So that's that. These three parchments on this side are really interesting and then this knife also is really occult uh driven it actually got some masonic stuff on it as well i think i have a better photo here is the parchment and so he was um known to carry these they say they were the brother hiram at later oh, I, that's who they got uh, passed down mm-hmm. hiram is uh is like hiram a bit from the bible he supposedly was solomon's builder right <clears throat> hiram was also his brother and so oh. his family <laughs> but that i mean i'm sure it has stuff to do with it because his dad was a freemason yeah and, hiram is, so. is is who the freemasons look up to as the master builder like the first mason they say yes yes so, the architect who, yeah so he probably yes. named his son after him uh, I see the IHS right there. That's like from uh, that's actually from um from Jesuits, right? That's yeah, uh, I, it's a I, Isis, Horus, and uh, Set. So these ones, they say they're a mixture of different um different things. Not only Masonic, but they're also supposedly Enochian, and they're also folk magic, and they kind of threw them all together. The people that like understand this now. And know more about it. They say they're pretty much a, mi- a mismatch. And this one is called the Holy of Holies. There, this is 
um, the next part of one. And this as well is another picture of it. And you can see that the shape of the object is almost identical to what's found in Barrett's book. So they're, they're actually occult books. So here's another one that's almost exactly the same. And these parchments, this is another parchment, the Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah parchment. And then there's one more. That's the Holy of Holies again. And then... You see the iron the crosses. Last... You see on their crosses in those. Yeah, that's the iron yeah. cross. That's also the cross for um the Maltese. Well, cross. it looks like it looks oh, like yeah. it looks like it looks like something you decode. Like like yes. when you when you look on there, like the, it, it looks like something like there's like a. It actually looks like like there's, it's like a spell or something to tell you the truth. If you like, if you read that, if you if you go back to the, the parchment, the the actual like whatever the holiest the yes. holiest that thing is. Go back. Mm -hmm. Like here it is. Not that one. Yeah, this one. Like, look at it. Look there's at the a, top. There's writing on the top. There's writing on, like, if you look at to the left, right at, at the, the left, right up, like, up and down, there's, it's like a, it's like a spell. It's like, it's like weird. I don't even know if you should even read it's, that. <laughs> it's, actually, it, it's actually a summons for angels. They See? said angels, but that's I crazy. Mean, yeah. I you don't know. know that bottom angels. center one <laughs> has an onk above that eagle. Which is the yes. Egyptian sign for resurrection. Yes. Yeah. And then and if you oh, look inside wow. to it, it kind of resembles a pentagram on the left as well on the interior of the Maltese cross. So um, there's a bunch of stuff on here. This is the actual summoning one. This is the holiness to the Lord one. And then there's another one, the Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah was a protection spell against suicide. This one right here is a protection against suicide and prostitution because remember he's the virgin scryer he's a virgin so he can't be messing that up and you can clearly see there's a pentagram on this one there's a lot this to the right well okay so the bottom corner that's not the star is enochian lettering and then the middle has a prayer that wraps all the way around the middle you guys and it these are sigils for protection yeah, there's totally. there's a there's also the Knights of Hospitality cross on the top, the bottom, or you could say the Iron Cross, but it looks like that. I mean, I don't know if you get get close up to. It looks like the Knights of yeah. Hospitality cross. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Can but, you um, can you see that better now? Yeah, there you go. it's the Order of Knights of Hospitality. It's like the <laughs> Saint John. If you guys look it up, it's like um, they, they and it's it's we had a show on it. You can look. You guys can check it out yeah. if you want to look at that. It's uh with Gary Wayne. It says, yeah, Mason, it, it says Mason right cross. there. Yep. It says Mason he, he, right and there. he was a Mason, and his father was a Mason, and his brother was a Mason. Prophet so. of Exudrant. It says Dominium Mason down. Habiant. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I don't want to read yeah, it. Yeah, be no. careful. <laughs> yeah, be <nah>. careful. <laughs> We, so, we forgot to pray first. Probably, this is getting out of pocket. Yeah, see, bro, that's the thing you gotta do, Josh. Josh you gotta do that. I, stuff, I always bro. bring this the heat show, bro. Bro, your 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 uh, your changer is gonna pop up now that you said this, this spell. I don't want to say that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, let's pray real quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, yeah, we just yeah, want to yeah. say, Lord, we rebuke all evil spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, um, we we know that uh, this stuff is um, unlocking some you know mysteries and. And trying to expose evil, Lord, just please, if you could just, uh, like I say, flick off these demons like uh, like bugs, you know. We, we, we don't want any of them to try to come into our podcast, try to come into our show. We just ask that you please uh, keep this podcast safe. 
And um, we want to have the full armor of God on the whole time, Lord. So please help us all do that. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Go ahead. So I guess I should have gave a warning, but. It's all <laughs> good. Things... We're just, we're saved by the blood of Jesus. So we we're are. actually, we're good. But the people listening, <laughs> if you're not saved, we want to make sure that you are covered. So Lord, please we cover wanna... them in Jesus' name. We want to make sure to, I want to make sure that people know that the reason why I bring these things to light is because I myself was a Mormon almost my whole life. And when you are out and you look inward, you see these things that you never were told about. People were lied to. They hide everything. This is hard to find information. And so they, and if you do try to go find it, you might be excommunicated for it. So I, I don't think that people deserve to live their whole life in a lie. I think that they deserve to find God. And, and a lot of people leave and become atheists afterward. And I, that is probably my main reason for exposure. So and we want to lead you to, you know, to God. So yeah, that, that's perfect. You know, and, and guys, all this, uh, all this research is, is by Heidi, you know, make sure you guys check out her show. You know, make sure yeah, you check I, out her show for sure. And I think she's going to do a show with Brennan. Are you guys going to swap ooh. cast this one? Is it going to, it's going to go on your show, right? Or are you going to do your own separate yeah. show, Brennan? Yeah, we'll do this swap cast on this okay. one. And then we'll do, because um, I always share them because I'm new. So. Yeah. And I love oh, your good. show. So. <laughs> That's all good. Thank you. We <laughs> yes, love your show course. too. It's, you, good you. research. Just want to let you know. It's little. I just, I'm I'm a research nerd. I, I think I always was. And now I, I know why I'm yes. supposed to. So. <laughs> And you got, yeah, but, yeah, that's awesome. We love it. You have a gift, <laughs> gift for this for sure. So originally he did have this Enochian kind of toolkit that he took with him when he would go places, when he got a little older to help on this treasure digging. And part of the things that he took with him was the Magus, which is definitely a cult book. And this is a big reason why I go into this occult background because Mormons will straight lie to your face and say that never happened. There's no affiliation let alone with masonry. That's a whole separate thing. They can't even deny that one. They admit it and they sent out a whole video on it, but they, they do deny the occult ties. And I think it needs to be exposed. Oh, not wow. enough people know this stuff. So, and it, and it's not good because this is the person that we're trusting that supposedly wrote the new, the new book for the book of Mormon. So if you guys look anyway. at the Magus book, like the front, you guys could see all these different signs that are, that are on these things on the book. Yes. So, and then the second, the second book that he has in his toolbox is Agrippa's book of occult philosophies. So that one's wow. pretty self-explanatory. And then the mm -hmm. discovery of witchcraft. So um, these were books that he had in this toolkit along with these parchments. And these parchments are for his protection and to make sure that he doesn't get robbed in different things. Also, this he wore always until he passed away. This is a talisman. Um, it is a talisman of Jupiter. He's not born under that sign or yeah, Jupiter. And it actually has some different meanings on it. And I looked him up and one of them was that he would be like easily led with women. Like women would be attracted to him more like kind of a love type. And boy, were they, that's kind of hilarious knowing what we know now. Um, <laughs> Knowing that he's going to end up with 40 wives, it made me laugh. So We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, so that one. I'm, I'm telling you, all this, all this stuff is in that book, the Magus. This stuff yeah. that you're showing is going to be in that book. Even the same kind of writing too, like on the yeah. very front it's cover. It's Nokian, a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, wow. So um, it goes right along with him saying that he not only saw an angel, but he saw 24 angels. And I don't think people know that. Like they don't tell us that. They didn't tell us that. I know because I would have thought that's crazy. And in Revelation, there's 24 elders in Revelation. So those would be like angels are sitting on thrones. So yes. he, he could be probably referring to that. He he actually said he saw his dead brother and all these people. Like he saw a whole bunch of people. And so I was just trying to see only, why he chose the number 24, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you there. That that makes total sense. So these parchments, like I said, I included. This is um, his Masonic apron, which you can see right on it. Some of the symbolism on the same on the parchments and you'll see some of it coming up in in the architecture coming up as well so i re-included that even though i had it in the last one it's okay yeah well it's going right along with what we're 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 talking about so it's perfect so when he was i'm going to go back to the apron because i'm going to still talk about this his youth so this one got me too is when he was young this man came to town his name um was lumen let me get his last name Walters, and he is actually the cousin of Emma, the, his future wife. They were not married or didn't know each other at that time. He was considered an eccentric con man, and he had brought to town with him a book. And it was a book that no one had ever seen before because it was Cicero's ovation, and it's in Latin. And all the people that were there in the town were like, Oh, he has this book, and it he reads magical from it. And, he can know things that we don't know. And they were really taken with this guy at first. Um, later, he gets in trouble and ran out of town within three years. But he became very close with Joseph Smith. He was young. He was only about 14 when this was going on. But he watched these gatherings around this book reading. And he saw how people interacted with how that was presented so that completely put in mind to me like later when he finds a special book (laughs) i mean it's just too good it's yeah you can't make (laughs) that up like he he definitely i feel like he was a a charismatic person that was able to it was actually documented that if you if he was mad at somebody or they were mad at him and they went into the room with him that they could not stay mad at him he was that good so Great salesman. Um, that's how it, yeah. that's that's you got to be if you're if you're trying to, you know, start a, a and so, false doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? And so that guy was eventually ran out of town, but like I said, it it plays definitely into everything. So eventually, we all know the story that sooner or later here he he gets married. But right before he gets married to Emma, he was doing this treasure hunting with her and or with in her town and living at her father's house. Her father despised him, even though he paid them for their treasure hunting. He just didn't respect what they were doing because it was even back then it wasn't it wasn't considered a good thing to do. So they ran away and eloped. 
And he had already seen his vision by then, his first vision. And he tried to get the plates multiple times, but he could not. And he kept saying the angel was blocking him. His visions changed multiple times. Like if you read the first vision now, what we're told is the first vision is nothing like the first documented vision. So it's pretty confusing. However, eventually after he gets married to Emma, he gets the plate on the fall equinox at midnight dressed all in black. This sounds super spiritual, right? Yeah. Not the kind of spiritual you want. <laughs> It sounds so get, and magical. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And so they get dressed all in black. This is definitely not the story to tell us. Um, and they go to retrieve these plates in the hill where they supposedly are. And then they they leave after they got them. She didn't see them. Nobody saw them. And approximately nine months later, she has her first child, which that baby was horribly deformed and dead at birth. Um and all I could think of, because also between this time, his brother had died and it really just sinks in with the sacrifice. If you know about, you know, dealing Selling with your the soul. devil. Yeah. Yep. Like, and, uh, yeah, you, you basically, you, he, it, seemed, it sounds like he gave up his first child for, or his yeah. brother, maybe have to both. end up uh, getting both. fame, you know? Yep. I think both because he wanted riches and treasures and that was their main i mean they were a pretty destitute family and um i think that really added into him really wanting to succeed and so and also being hurt he's not going to last long in fields or doing hard work he he had the limp for the rest of his life on his leg and so he did get out and he did do things and he was still rehabbed but i'm just saying like he he probably realized by an older age he wasn't going to be spry so um didn't, yeah didn't only like five out of the 11 of his kids yes. make it past baby yes yeah, six died in infancy six wow. and so he had 11 children and six that we know of and six died in infancy i say that because they have all these children 11 documented pregnancies and none of his other 40 wives had kids right 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 because uh -huh. that's how it works right? so, i don't know where his other kids are but they say there's none so did they did they were they born and they, they died as infants so um they had a set of twins that were premature and died because of prematurity they had another set of twins that were adopted right after that because somebody knew that she had had twins and lost them and one of them died due to exposure and sickness mm. um that one was like older i think five maybe there were a bunch of them just died right at birth and, and weren't miscarriages actually like more stillborn or died like after three hours or whatnot. So a wow. lot of these kids I, died. I, I wonder yeah. if there was any, I mean, I'm not trying to, this is just speculation, no, but it's true. I yeah, wonder if there was the any, uh, you know, satanic sacrificial. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you think about it, his dad was still alive probably at the time. And his <laughs> yeah. dad was like a higher 33 degree Mason. Yep. And, uh, you know, that could be something too. That could be why, what jump started him as well. Uh, without yep. going, you know, directly through Satan, maybe he went through the lodge and and um sacrificed his kids and and uh that that's you know baby sacrifices something big in the satanic church, huge, you know, so huge that could have been what catapulted him to get the money that he needed to start this and and also help him with his uh, oh yeah charisma well, and everything he had going and because the charisma kept the guy that he got on the hook for it um can can you still hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Well, his religion, his religion spread Sorry. like wildfire through there. So, right, and the guy 
guy that he had backing him was Martin Harris. And Martin Harris's wife was like, no, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. She actually took in the last episode, she was the one that took the, the first couple hundred pages and said, okay, if you're so good, then tell me it back. You know, she burned them. She, she was pissed. Like oh, it, wow. there's no way around it. She was, she was trying to get him to stop it. And he literally, she divorced him and he lost all his money and he went bankrupt. That's how long he supported him. So yeah, it makes you wonder because he was really rich and he yeah. was flipping the bill for everything. So it makes you wonder like, why, why would he not? I mean, these are years and years and years of time. This isn't a short amount of time. This is a long time. And so that guy, Martin it, it was, was flipping the bill. You said, yeah. Uh, Martin Harris. Yeah. Martin Harris. His wow, name okay. was Martin Harris. He's one of the original three that were actually said that they, they saw the plates or that they, that, you know, backing for Joseph, as far as the religion goes. Yeah. And they actually all three, this is later in my thing, but I'm just going to tell you now, all three of them were excommunicated at some point. All three of them said that he was having affairs. That's why one of them was excommunicated because he was so mad about it. He wanted him brought to like, not trial, but brought out that he was doing this. And, and he was taken out because of it. Cause he caught a teenage servant girl that had been working in his home with him out. In the, literally his wife saw him in the barn, like literally rolling in the hay. And so he wow. started this whole, you know, marriage stuff later from this, but um, all three of them were excommunicated and no longer close with him. And actually everyone that did the original and starting and backing with him of the church hated him later in life. So yeah. that just kind of speaks. I mean, I think it speaks. Kind of backs- it's, it's a little wild. It's kind of stabbing so, in the back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So here's a picture of that dagger that they um, had in their kit as well. It was a ceremonial magic dagger that had occult symbols in it. And actually it, it was used at one point. A neighbor said, this is actually on, because he ended up in trial um, eventually for his treasure hunting. And his neighbor, William Stafford said, they came over and pretended that they would get treasure if he would spill this sheep's blood and have it walk in a circle. And then it would show them where to go get the treasure and it had to be the black sheep and it happened in the middle of the night. So I thought that was pretty creepy. And this man wow. actually signed, this is a signed affidavit on that cut sheep business. So many neighbors, including like other neighbors, not just Stafford had said he'd been um, confirmed using dowsing rods and being a treasure digger and all, all these keepstone things. They all, a bunch of them had come forth in his trial. So it's well-documented that this was a real thing. And so, I mean, I just think it's kind of important that that people know that because in the midst of this is when he's supposedly finding the plates and introducing all these things. So and they said that the um, seal of Mars, can you go back real quick? Yeah, of course. It says that the seal of Mars is on the blade. The other side has the symbol of intelligence of Mars and the Zodiac sign of Scorpio with the Hebrew letters of Adonai. Which is right. which, which is God, right? So they they're basically saying that you know the Mars God. Um, well, they said that the the way that if you made so this knife was actually shown in the Magus, so he actually copied this from the Magus, 
And it's a religious knife so that what they didn't have to pray before they did a sacrifice because the prayer was on the knife. Wow. So that's why it says God on the knife. But it's just wild that they would be up to like all these things. I mean, (laughs) it's just kind of a lot when you don't, you definitely don't hear this from anybody. Yeah. This is, Um, this is like, yeah, this isn't, this is like really good stuff. This is really deep right here. You know, one one thing that I found like particularly interesting was that even, even listening to people who were current members of the LDS church, they're very, very aware of the Masonic ties and the roots, but it's almost like they don't even care. And they know, they know about the masonry, but they don't know about the occultism, but they don't care because they put the church put out a video about it, explaining mm-hmm. it away. You can go watch it on YouTube. Well, and that was another thing that like, I, I didn't hear anyone connecting the dots in terms of an Ephesians six worldview or a, you know, Genesis six worldview in terms of no one thought to themselves, wait, maybe this guy wasn't actually talking to a good angel. Maybe he was hearing from another entity. And I want to read this out of second Corinthians 11 really quick, but so 12 through 15, it says, but what I do, I will also continue to do that. I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast for such are false apostles, deceitful (laughs) workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. 100%. Yeah, that's it, man. We're warned. We are so warned about these things. And I feel like the people, I work with someone, and we were discussing this podcast coming up, and she's a devout Mormon. And she said to me, I know all of the things that you're going to say. Like she, she did. She really did. She even knew some of the occult things. And she even told me something I didn't know, which I'll tell later. But she said, but I know that it's true because they go back to the Isaiah verse where it says that the church will be corrupted in the last days. So they put, they hang everything on that. If it's corrupt, it's because it's supposed to be. They hang everything on it. Yeah. Like uh, they also say that you know, man, the Bible's written by a man and it could be, uh, it could be interpreted wrong, you know? So it's like, yep. they always be like, it's your interpretation and man yep. wrote it. So, you know, it, that's the reason why Joseph Smith had to come and correct it, you know? And it's, it's really interesting. Um, but you, you got a lot of people following that. Dude. That's a, that's a, oh, so many. How, how do you, how do you get so many people to follow you that quickly in a short matter of time? That's like, that's 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 unheard of and and it's weird because the the way they they run their thing it's kind of like it's all it's all masonic masonic or masonic i'm gonna i'm gonna do another verse uh i think i did the last show that we mean you did but it just kind of it goes with that so galatians 1 verses 6 through 8 it says i marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of christ to a different gospel which is not another um, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the, the gospel of Christ, pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so no, I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you that you have received, let him be accursed, you know, so 
kind of goes yeah. along with what we're saying there, you know, Absolutely. and also Joseph Smith, when he was 14, you <laughs> said that he, he saw father God and Jesus yes. come Three to him. And, and John mm-hmm. says that no one has seen the invisible God, right? So nobody yes. has seen God, the father, no. he's invisible. Jesus is the image of God, right? So that's the only way, yeah. that's the only person you would see technically if he did show up at him, you know, to him, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to understand that. But, yeah, keep going and uh, let's keep on. No, I agree. I totally agree on that. Yeah. And I feel like, well, he also said he saw 24 other angels. And so, I mean, they definitely don't don't tell you any of this. So I think if it, that's my whole purpose of like delving this far in and showing this to people is to just if, if they want to still remain, then they know they their eyes are open. But then that's fine. I respect everyone that that's okay but you have to know it's only fair to let them know i feel like if they get this i don't know a lot of them won't uh listen to things if it's anti anti-mormon yeah which it it's not anti-mormon this is just your history uh, you yeah know. yeah it's just so <laughs> yeah stuff that they so gotta know yeah eventually he um after all this fun stuff and he's married and rolling in the hay with ladies whatever he he's getting involved into masonry just like his father just like his brother and he gets actually expedited into masonry and he gets all all of the he he went all the way to the top in two days because the the guy over that lodge actually let him do that because of his dad and his brother so i'm assuming maybe he knew enough things i'm not sure but maybe he sacrificed those, he might have sacrificed yeah, some kidding. of those kids you know to and, no and gave, gave up some of his kids to them so he can move yeah. up quicker uh also maybe made a deal with the devil that he'll, he'll bring the false gospel to uh throughout the nation through the united states and and um and and lead people deceive. to the you know deceive yeah and uh, as long as you make me fa- famous and people are saying his name to this day this is the type of stuff that uh, is promised you know like Kobe Bryant all these different people yeah. that that this might have yeah. happened to or they might have sold their soul you know I, I don't know I'm just saying you know makes you wonder this is the type it, of stuff a, that happens you know a lot of people that are famous if you look they got some weird deaths of their kids yeah uh, just Michael all Jordan's kinds of dad things. Dr Dre's Prince. son. Prince, uh, with Prince his son. yeah, his son. Uh, there was uh, there's a lot of different ones. Uh, uh Kanye West, his mom. Yep. Um, there's a lot of that, and then Caitlyn Jenner. You know, if you think about the the Kardashians, he had to yes. go and and basically kill himself and then be reborn as as Born a female. Again. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's kind of it's wild it's the deals that you make. You know, to 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 ascend for the yes. for the for Lucifer. Basically, <laughs> that's who the that's who the light is. For them, you know, is Lucifer not not God the Father? You know, no, nope. not Jesus. And Christ. then, and his dad was even a grandmaster, so like he was able to move so you know quickly up. And I mean, I don't know that he was sem he was only semi famous at this point. I would say, um, I think he was famous for a lot of bad reasons. Actually, he had a kind of a bad um rep because of the treasure digging he kind of messed around with all the neighbors in his area and so i just don't think that's the smartest idea like everybody was really close by so word got around and that's why they took him in and actually prosecuted him as a treasure digger which they said it never got prosecuted back then it was kind of like jaywalking is now but he had done it so much to everyone and hurt people so much that they actually did prosecute him actually twice on the same thing 
because the first time, listen to this, Freemason up the wazoo on this one, he gets found guilty by um, Judge Neely and he's sentenced him to go to a work camp and he never goes. He just doesn't show up and it was fine. So yeah. yep. that was kind of probably a secret handshake. Yeah. Get out of jail free card. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Interesting. But, and there's more than him that was actually in masonry. So his, all of his brothers and Oliver Cowdery, which was another one of the people that came forward to say that the Book of Mormon was real. Also, President um, Heber Kimball, Brigham Young, Woodruff Wilson, or, or yeah, Woodruff Wilson, uh, Lorenzo Snow, Noel Whitney, they were all Masons. They all had Masonry ties. These are all people in the church, big, high up people in the church. So their Masonry and ties ended up also really odd. I don't know. Do you guys know the story of William Morgan in Masonry? Brennan, do you know that story? Uh, I don't. I just thought it was interesting that a lot of like people who were so current LDS were basically saying that like Smith got up to the 33rd degree and then he just stopped being a Mason. They're like, oh, he got bored. He didn't want to do it anymore. So he just stopped. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because <laughs> that's what you do, right? Yeah. They Speaking just wanted somebody... to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the way that a lot of Mormons are trying to say, yeah, they said that he didn't like it. So he got out of it, right? Yeah. He was like, this isn't for me. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Well, you can't even do that once you get thing. that high up, you know? Yeah, no. Oh, no, and really. I mean, you know, and I think what Heidi was saying too, in terms of just wanting freedom for other people is the general generational curses that come associated with this because they're pulling from this masonry where you're taking an oath to Jebulon and you're putting generational curses and iniquity on your bloodline that you're not even responsible for. And you may say, this is fine. I'm not partaking in it, but you're putting your family line in bondage based off of the, those oaths. For multiple generations. And my family came from a huge generation. It's even in my DNA family. Like when I did the 23 and me or whatever, it actually said, I mean, it's so bad on my line that they were Mormon settlers. Like it was on my own DNA. And I already knew because my grandma, but when I got out, it took me one full year of working on generational curses, probably every single day, just praying, praying, praying. I mean, I had to do so much cleansing of artifacts in my home, of just so much stuff and get rid of even antiques. I, I just did a full purge, but it took a full year before I felt like, okay, this feels better now. Wow. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It really well, hey, sucks. I'm happy. I'm happy that you're out now, you know? Thank yes. God. Good. God is great. good now. God Amen. is so good. And so luckily, and I'm trying to help other people do this too. So that's the point. And then, so with the masonry, I'll tell you, he, he was expedited into the masonry and he remained a member all of his life. Even that is what is documented. And this guy, William Morgan was one of the people that was going to tell on masonry back in the day. And it was with the anti-mason movement it got really big. And he was like a, a whistleblower and he only actually got up to the sixth degree. So speaking of telling or getting out. Yeah. In the sixth degree only, he, he's gone and never heard from again. No record of him anywhere. And the only reason why I bring him up is because Joseph Smith married his widow wow. later. 
so you know there was some stuff going on there yeah and she actually showed up at his funeral in all black even though his wife was there and like wow. it was scandalous i guess but yeah so he introduced the lds ceremony with nearly identical tokens signs um clothing blood oaths everything a little over a month after he went through himself so he went through as a mason and then one a little over a month after he began the restoration of all these masonic things so i thought that was super interesting to the church and he changed it up a little bit but it's a lot similar um so their tokens are the same. Their buildings, this is where these pictures come in. This is the beehive house. And the top of it is a beehive. Literally, they call it this. this I was just going to say that. Yep. I am Alpha and Omega with the handshake and the sun. Clear. This is on the LDS temple. What's up um, with the beehives? The beehive is uh, Masonic. It's a Masonic symbol. It's supposed to be representative of a hive mind. Um, and also it, it's where the beehive state. So the hive mind is you all think together, it's group mm-hmm. think. So and then several giant tribes protecting the queen, you know, because I, I was watching the bee movie today with my daughter and, and, and it, it made it seem like no matter what you do, your job is important. Like, even if it's like just taking the smallest amount of honey, whatever it is, is like, I feel like that's what their jobs are. Every little job is them is so important that they they want to carry it out and and carry out their their agenda basically on you guys on on that yeah. It's like wow, they spread though. like they spread like bees, man. They spread like they spread yeah, like they bees. just spread like bees. It's, it's like a, you know, they, they're yeah. spreading everywhere. It's like that's it's crazy. a it's a refi it's a refaim thing too. The Zuzim, oh yeah, that the tribe refaim. actually translates yep. to buzzing ones because they had a hive mind. And so that's why you see God sending out hornets before the the troops in Israel to confuse the hive mind and their communication so that the Israelites could go in and conquest them. Mm. And then Beelzebub on top of that. I don't know if that has to do anything, but that is definitely like Lord of flying things. So back to like, you know, gods, goddesses, creepy people. Like yeah, Beelzebub demons. is just an etymology mm-hmm. of ba- ba- Baal, 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 which is mm-hmm. which he like he had the the Jupiter thing, which is Zeus. Yes, so Jupiter. Yep. Which is Lucifer, then, which is light bearer, which is Halel Ben Shakar. Yeah. And I made sure that was not his birth. Like it had nothing to do with his birth. He wasn't born under that. He was born under Saturn. So it, it it's definitely just full on worship. Mm-hmm. He's just doing full on worship. It, it wasn't like his astrological whatever it wasn't um so all of these signs and symbols are not only in the lds ceremony but on all of their buildings and actually how he ended up getting killed i believe is he he actually had more he started expediting all of the mormons in illinois that he had moved with and they became bigger than all of the other mason like leagues or whatever in that whole area and so they were getting worried because they're like oh these mormons have more you know in their little tiny thing than we have through through the whole state so they were starting to get really worried and then they found out that he was copying their ceremonies which are supposed to be sacred that's why the other guy disappeared 
And so they started fighting over it. And actually there's been multiple presidents of the church that say that they have celestial uh, masonry, that they have the true masonry and that the true masonry and the true priesthood was restored to Joseph Smith via an angel. And that's why they're not upset about the masonry. That's a big part of it because they feel that they have the correct, that, that everybody else's is wrong and that they have the true and it's, it's somehow now to be like involved with God, which Masons aren't all Christian. So, but that doesn't even make sense, but um, yeah. that's and how the top, they feel. The top Masons know that like, you know, that the light bearer is Lucifer, right? So um, there's, there's also the squared circle has been popular theme in the occult and in alchemy for centuries. Yep. Uh, it is still an important symbol within it. The square represents the physical world, but it represents the four elements of four cardinal directions, the four seasons, etc. The circle represents the spirit because of an infinite and it goes out in all directions. The triangle represents the union of body and the mind and spirit. The circle of the center represents the individual spirit. Whereas the outer circle represents the greater spirit of the creator, which encompasses all things. It starts off with the spirit and ends with the spirit. So uh, just wanted to throw that in there. You know, it's in alchemy, you know, and, and in the occult, the squared circle is what it's called. <laughs> Not just in uh, masonry. And this is the temple I actually got married in. Funny enough, in the Bountiful Utah Temple. Hmm. Um, this All Saint Eye is in St. George. Utah. This is in one of their tabernacles. It's super old, but you can kind of see there that's been there for it's painted on the wall. These symbols like all seeing eye, aprons, beehive, square, compass, class hands, um, and that sun, handshake, moons, handshake, that handshake's a Masonic handshake, too. All of them. <laughs> yep. And then this pentagrams, this is on the temple as well. Oh, and that's was that supposed to be yeah. the North Star, basically. That one, that's the pentagram. Well, the I'm one on the left, sure. the oh, one on yeah. the left is definitely yeah. a pentagram. The one on the right is, I wonder if that's supposed to be the I don't know what that star is. That's a little different. It's upside down star, so it's Brennan, satanic. Do you got any any ideas on that? Brennan knows the a lot one on that. the right, yeah, yeah, the one on the right, bro. It's upside down star, the I, nautical I know that, which is one? satanic for sure. I've actually I've never seen that one, I haven't either, bro. <laughs> But it, maybe it's representing the North Star or something, the Polaris, the North huh. Star, and and uh, and maybe it's this, inverted. Maybe this it is inverted. Maybe it's the star when Jesus. Maybe it's representing the star oh, that, that led maybe. led him to Jesus or whatever. That could be that. Um, maybe it's just maybe it's the a star a star pointing down like you know Lucifer fell from heaven like it's just yeah. a descending star. I don't know. Yeah, I know the one huh. on the left are definitely a pentagram. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And they don't even they just have all this stuff chilling on there they don't even care i mean it's it blows my mind that they've left things so this is also on a temple this is also Bro, this, on a temple this this looks like a lot like the episode we do with brennan like that all the, this type of stuff bro this is crazy this is nuts. well it's because mason's Mason. built that building another one yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying it's like a connection here bro there's this all thing i again this is in the manti tabernacle Blackwell. Um, oh no. Uh oh. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. There it yeah. is. Okay. My stuff keeps going in and out. Sorry about that. It's all good. Okay, it's so not even moon. going out on our screen. It's all good. Oh, good. Mount Tipanogos Temple. There's the moon. Mm. He has the moon in multiple phases in different temples. Uh, right here again with that 
now Both that star is different that star is now that star is normal now yeah it's up, it's it up going right up, on this one. inverted huh. wow. is that is that uh is that on a different door like as above so below this is a window uh-huh this is okay. actually a window so maybe mm. it's above the door and those are moons in different phases moons in like. different phases uh-huh and then this is in the washington dc temple and it's all different phases of the moon and there's actually one of the big dipper um on this one too i don't know if i took a flat earth map <laughs> oh please. A flat earth map right there <laughs> hey go down yeah go down the bottom right there bam right in the middle see it right go. there Oh, right there. That's a, nope, that's a that's that heliocentric. Like a yeah, that's heliocentric. heliocentric. Yeah, that's bullcrap, dude. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> well, they want they're definitely heliocentric because they want you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not you know because they have they have they want to have their own planets and all that stuff. Exactly. So oh yeah. Oh, that's the yeah, upside down star like right there, and both sides have it have a pentagram. I don't understand oh. how people don't see that, dude. That's crazy. Oh, man. it's it's right there. Like I don't. Oh, here is the big difference. I don't understand how they don't see so much of the astrology and different. They got a things. cube of Saturn right there. Yep. You want me to go oh, back one? That's amazing. Yeah, go back one real quick. Can you? Can oh, you there we go. Amazing, yeah, dude. it's like there's like the yeah. cube. Yeah, of Saturn there it is. Sat in there. And then square the big difference. And a square circle again, like Jason was uh, talking about, like like we were just talking about. There's a squared circle too, with the with the big difference in it. That's uh so one, weird. two, three, four, five, six, Oops. seven, seven stars. It's okay. I'm just counting. I, think I just eight. want to see if there's anything. There's eight, eight stars. Eight. eight stars. Well, there's, there's there was there was the eight. Oh, there's eight the seals on I that do door, see. too. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, do you're right. Two. Yeah, I see eight. A lot of, ge a lot of geo uh geometric things going on right there. Sacred geometry. Yeah, that's crazy. Would there be eight sides geometry. on that cube? Wouldn't there be eight sides on that cube? This looks like the seal of Solomon. There is. Look there's at eight it. Sides oh, there the cube, eight right. sides. Eight sides. Yeah. It's the seal of Solomon. Look at. You can see it. Yeah. So points. if you if you look at the Statue of Liberty like top down, yes, it would fit yep. perfectly on that. The wow. seal of Solomon. Yep. There it is. I see it now. It's almost like they put the Big Dipper as a distraction, so you wouldn't see the the background. I don't know. The, I mean, yeah, there again, sacred geometry, star run fam. There, yep. So that's on the San Diego temple. California. What does this have to do with God, right? What does that have to do with right, the Bible? None. Guys? Come on, it's all masonry or, or sacred geometry, satanic, or too. This is satanic, yeah. man. The pentagram with the circle, yeah. that's oh, a, it's like it's sure. like Baphomet. <laughs> My goodness, yeah, man. yeah, that, and that's then, weird, man. That's in the Nauvoo Temple, which is the original one with Joseph Smith. Then Mount Tipanogos Temple, see the circle again? Yep. Inside. Different. And then here, again, this is on the planter boxes at the visitor center. Like, it's even on the plant Upside pumps. down star again? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is, man. And then here's the door again is. to the temple. This is the Salt Lake Temple, and this is the door, and then up above, see the star? Again. Yep. Seals. And then it looks like a nautical type star. And then the beehive again. And it's also the seal of Utah. It's like where the beehive state. So because of that. And then these, again, just showing the Masonic grips. They're almost exactly the same. I show this again because 
the similarities between the Masons and the Mormons when you go through okay. the temple are almost exactly the same. Uh, they have so much similarities in their rituals that they both do oaths. They both do secret new names. They both do physical protections by giving them underwear. New underwear. I'm going to start shaking people's that. hands like that. I'm just going to start shaking around people's <laughs> hands like that. Like, yeah, and you're going to be like, oh, up, bro? <laughs> find out who... Find hey, out who yeah, I, I'm in the same club. It's all good. <laughs> Don't kill. They, don't worry about me. Don't kill my family. It's all good. Don't kill my family. <laughs> We're all good. We're all best friends. And then they do all these <laughs> sacred covenants in there that are uh, almost all the same. They both do washing and anointings. Although I will say they had to change that for the Mormons because the washing and anointings used to be naked and they don't do it the same anymore. And also I found it very interesting that the blood oaths. So the Mormons stopped doing the blood oaths because they took a survey in the 1980s, like it was 1988 that they changed it where they would like do the cutting their throat situation. Well, guess who followed in 1990? The Freemasons also got rid of their blood oaths. They follow Mormonism. It's not the other way around at this point. It's weird. Like that's a weird thing to have happen at the same time within two years of each other. Mm. So that was a little strange. I felt, um, but there are so many similarities that it can't even be denied. Like I said, they they made a movie about it. You can go watch on YouTube. This, this is going to take us down another rabbit hole where Brennan's going to have a lot more to say probably. This is the sign or the priesthood. The priesthood is what men carry in the Mormon church and women cannot have. So I was explaining to Brennan, <clears throat> there. if my kid was sick and I wanted to pray for my kid, my prayers were not very good so i even if i called an 11 year old boy that had the priesthood his his prayers were stronger than mine hmm. so yeah. to do an actual blessing with oil and anointings you'd have to be higher up than that but i'm as a woman we are completely dependent on our husbands for this so and this sign is actually the sign for the priesthood now, which obviously it's also a seal of Solomon. It also is multiple other things in other religions, which I found really interesting because it, it has like, this is actually in the temple, the eight pointed star there. And then, um, so all of that is the sign for the priesthood for the Melchizedek priesthood. Oh, wow. And what they also have stolen it, like it's in Hinduism, it's in, um, I have it written down on a bunch of different other places. This is the same sign. So I thought that was a little weird that they would have such a similar item for such an important, because they just barely adopted this symbol. So I thought that was weird. And um, so the priesthood comes in different phases. There's the Aaronic priesthood, which they actually believe was restored to um, Joseph Smith himself and Cowdery. And they said that John the Baptist as an angel actually came down and laid hands on them, giving them back the priesthood. That's what their story is. And that they were to go forth and ordain others. And then there's, wow. Four different ones in the Aaronic priesthood, which is a deacon, teacher, priest, and bishop. 
And this is for young kids. This, this is like starting at 11 to 18, I would say you're most of those. And then you go into the Melchizedek priesthood, which is named after the order of the sun god, Melchizedek. Mm. And um, you become an elder, high priest, apostle, patriarch, or form of the 70. So they take oaths and covenant with the priesthood by laying on of hands. Um, and they later called um, Taudry out on all this. And he, even though he was excommunicated by Joseph Smith, he would, he never denied that it happened. He never became a denier, which I thought was really interesting. Um, uh, I know you had some things on the priesthood as well, right, Brennan? Yeah, th that, uh, yeah, this was, sorry, that, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just say this, this, I felt like the Lord really set this part of this podcast on, on my heart this week. Um, just, you know, talking with Heidi and just getting her perception of how she felt um, as a, as a woman inside of the LDS church and hearing her thoughts behind, you know, how she felt, you know, when it came to the priesthood and, and the power that, you know, only the men held. Um, man, I just, yeah, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. So everybody tune in. So this is, this is really the core and the crux here. And so as Smith is interjecting, Freemason ideas into his doctrine that he's spinning up around Mormonism. This is where this eternal progression comes in, right? So this is rooted in that Gnosticism of, I have to strive, I have to achieve, I have to know secret knowledge so that I can ascend so that I can become a God just like all the other gods. Okay. And so what they do is, you know, when we started this podcast, we talked about the Enochian, uh, you know, stuff that Enochian that we're talking about is actually the Enoch on Cain's side. So it's very important that we make the delineation that there's two Enochs that we see in Genesis. One of them comes from Cain's line. The Freemasons like that Enoch because he was kind of the first guy that dabbled in these seven sacred sciences. Uh, we know from Gnostic religion that he's getting these tablets from the Watchers via Hermes, and he's hiding them in Egypt, all this stuff. So he's kind of this source for this seven sacred knowledges that come from the Watchers. And so where that also gets muddied and meddled in here is that you see in Genesis 14, we get introduced to this really mysterious guy named Melchizedek, and he is a high priest for Yahweh. And he gives Abraham the blessing that he'll bring forth Israel. And so if you look at all of the Old Testament, you know, literature, you're going to see that Melchizedek is kind of this, it, he's a man via that. So once you get into the kind of intertestamental, intertestamental or second temple in between, you know, the New Testament, and the Old Testament, he kind of starts to get this lore where it's like, is he more, is he more than a person? Is he divine? Uh, if you look at 11 Q Melchizedek that comes out of the Qumran caves with the, which is found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, there's language associated with that scroll that ties Melchizedek into Psalm 82, which is very crucial for the divine council understanding. So then we see that the writer of Hebrews ties this together and tells you about the fulfillment of Psalm 110, which prophesies Jesus being an or, uh, a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So this is very, very important in terms of atonement and our relationship to father, the Father. 
and how we inherit eternal life in the kingdom is because Jesus inherits the Melchizedek priesthood. And he is the one who intercedes on our behalf to the father who gives us eternal life. So what they've done is they've stolen that priesthood and they've said, no, we want to bring the, the priests, the prophets and the kings. No one comes to eternal life except through us. And so I just want to say to anyone who's still inside of the LDS, you know, religion that only Jesus has that priesthood. He is your king and he is the only one who can intercede to the father for you. So don't let any man tell you that he has a priesthood via this or that because he doesn't. Jesus is king. Amen. Also, let's. uh, Okay, so Malik means king. So death yep. means righteous, uh, just, or innocent. So it's a pretty cool name. It's like king, righteous. Okay, uh, Melchizedek. Well, he, was, he was he was a priest and a king. So yeah, that, yeah. that was so, that's rare. That's very rare. Oh, he's, you, that doesn't happen ever back then in the, the Old Testament. It didn't happen that way. You were either the you were either royalty or you were priests or you were in the, in the into the into the into both. the priesthood. Like yes, yeah, so he was both. both like. So he's a Levite and 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 basically a Levite and and Judah basically put together. Yes, but this this also gets a little bit more complicated too because if you read Jeremiah thirty one and you realize that the language that God is telling you around the new covenant, and then you pair that yeah. with Hebrews, it gives you better context for Hebrews because what it's telling you is that basically, you know, Abraham basically told God like I don't feel qualified, and so in some way or shape or form, you could say that him giving the priesthood to the Levites was actually kind of a concession. Uh, so, you know, the, the Levites receive the priesthood here on earth, but the problem with that priesthood is that every single time that the high priest has to give atonement for the, the sins of the people of Israel, he has to give atonement for himself first before he can ever enter into the holy place. And so that's what God is saying is, Hey, this covenant is going to come to an end, and I'm going to make a covenant with the house of da- uh, Judah, the throne of David, Jesus coming through that lineage. And so the Melchizedek priesthood replaces <laughs> the Levitical priesthood. And so because Jesus, walking a perfect life according to the will of the Father, gets to enter into the throne room of heaven and sit on the throne as high priest forever. Yeah. Amen. And then also Melchizedek was the king of Salem. And Salem actually becomes Jerusalem. Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's some cool stuff. And then he also brought out bread and wine to um, Abraham. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that really... Uh, Abraham us. tied to him. Yeah. Tied to him, tied yeah. To him, yeah. Sent to him. Yeah. It was really interesting. So, but anyways, uh, we'll keep going with your with your presentation because we have a, we have an episode on Melchizedek actually and, uh, oh. and also the, the, the angel of the Lord. So if you guys... Oh, uh, good. You know, the messenger of the Lord. So if, yeah, if you guys want to go back to that episode... We have a whole bunch of stuff on Melchizedek, which it really becomes just so you guys know what they're trying to portray. So, and, and really very good breakdown, Brendan, on that. We appreciate that. Sorry. I was interrupting you in the very beginning. <laughs> You're about to come out with what you're saying. It's like an idiom for Jesus Christ. So like, there's, there's a lot of those through the old Testament that put, put it towards, okay, this is, this was probably the the first sign of, because Jesus Christ is on every page of the Old Testament. Oh, the Christophany, I believe it's called. Well, yeah, um, if you go through it, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting to find like Old Testament appearances of of the one and only. And it's like, man, that's 
It's pretty crazy. Yep. And start right. tying together. It's like, wow, and you could tie that together like that. Yeah, there's there's so many references you can cross-reference. It's it's pretty good. That's why I like the Bible. And, It'll put you on a rabbit hole you'll never ever. And I was gonna say on the right way. Yeah. <laughs> that um that eight-pointed star that you were talking about, uh uh-huh. it's actually the the eight forms of wealth in Hinduism. So it appears prominently in National Museum portrayed. So it's like basically uh, eight forms of wealth in Hinduism. So, yeah, go ahead, though. Maybe that's what they're trying to do is get that, wealth to come to their that church. That was in my notes as well. Oh, about I'm sorry. The, about, no, no, you're good. I forgot because um, <laughs> I skipped around a little bit. But I saw that, that it was actually about wealth. And and I think you're onto something there because they are one of the richest churches, even though they're not the biggest church. Mm-hmm. They're one of the richest churches. So yeah. that makes you wonder. And then the whole thing about what he was saying about the progression is they truly believe like you could be, I I used to have this argument with my grandma all the time because I used to get so upset about certain things in the church. I would say like, okay, well, what if it's mother Teresa and she can't go to heaven because she didn't get married. And we believe that if you don't get married, you don't have the priesthood in your family, like in your life, because I mean, you should be married. And, and so we don't get that. She's perfect in this way. Say, you know, the best lady ever, whatever. It doesn't have to be her, but I would just use her as an example. I say, okay, well, what about her? She, she's not married, so she can't go, you know? Oh, well, she'll be able to get married in the afterlife. That's what all this necromancy stuff is. And I found it totally fascinating that the God that he was kind of brought up with is that Abraxas because he was a necromancer. And they do so much work for the dead. And so ongoing, you can't, you can't go to the highest level without a husband. If you're a woman, you can't go to the highest level and, and even go through the temple, unless you're going to be a missionary, unless you're getting married, you cannot go. There's only two ways you get to go if you're a girl. And that's if you're getting married or if you're going on a mission and And they won't let the girls. It's more money for the church, you know, if, if, if you're married, a married couple. So they're going to yeah. get more money from you if you guys think about that, because, well, they want us t- to have more members. They want yeah. you to have more members, more That's kids, bigger problem, yes. more kids, uh, proof yep. will multiply so they can keep having more and more members and they keep you like stuck in that they, brainwash. They thing. kind of encourage you in a way to make you feel bad if you're not having more kids, even if you're not mentally prepared for even if you're not stable financially they'll say like oh we'll help you with food we'll help you they have their own welfare program whatever they want you to bring your your pre-existing children down they say oh your children are waiting up there for you to bring them down to earth and they make you feel bad about it like oh my gosh. they're waiting for you you you're not having probably a tax kids. write-off you're probably a tax yeah, write-off oh, for them yeah, oh, man. sure I mean, bring all your kids. I in. can't even imagine. <laughs> bring yeah. all the kids from outside. It's all good. Bring all your. Yeah. Yeah. And they how many kids you have before they... previous marriage? Oh my oh. gosh. Yeah. It's like, we have a total of six. So we were right. We were on the good Mormon path, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's very normal. And you taught how to have six kids. Everybody has six. We need a shortstop for the summer league team. So, Can we please? Right? One? <laughs> <laughs> one lady I knew had 11 yeah. kids. I was like, oh my gosh. Whoa. But it's wild. And I just think that it, they don't always take into account, like, it takes time for a woman to recover. It takes time for yeah. things to happen. You have to be careful, you know, and they don't care. They really don't care about that. And that's all it goes back into polygamy. 
why can you have so many wives, but a woman can only have one husband? Well, because where, you, you where, do you have, where do you have your kids at? Do you have them at a hospital that's a Mormon hospital? Yeah, they do. Then no, they don't specify any of that. But and they don't really encourage like home births and stuff anymore because they've had some bad, bad things. But they just everywhere here is Mormon everywhere. Like that's what I'm saying. So if you have a, if you have a kid, so if you have a, a lot of kids, and you know, it's like it's like a, like when you have puppies, not all of them are going to survive. So yeah, maybe yeah. they take those kids and do the same, they they use those kids for certain things yeah, too. Like that's man, this is weird. And they, well, and I'm they, thinking of so, weird stuff right now. I'm starting to go off and do it. So here's the <laughs> here's the other weird thing I learned from my Mormon friend this week that blew my mind a little bit. The actual president of the church right now, Russell M. Nelson, he's a doctor. And guess what he's a member of? And they tried to expunge it everywhere, but he made an autobiography before he became like up there. And they, it cost $1,500 to buy this autobiography now. Want to know why? Because he's a member of Skull and Bones. Wow. The current president of the church. Wow. Interesting. And it is, it is literally, I forgot to put it on the slide, but I can send it to you and you can add it because it, I have it from Google. What, like what, it's documented. What call, he went to a Yale? He he is a Skull and Bones. Yep. From and Yale? He's a doctor. There's, there's yep. two different Skull and Bones, which is... Uh... Uh, I didn't look up the, it's okay. the college. I just, it said skull and bones. I did a whole episode on, a on college secret societies and it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. Yeah. That's, I thought that was pretty weird with them saying, oh, we're not involved in any of that weird stuff. And then their current president's a skull and bones. Yeah. Member. Yeah. I'm like, oh, made, made an weird. oath. If you guys yeah. look that up, I mean, just, man, I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah, I don't and think so, you're. I don't think you're up to any good if you name your organization Skull and Bones, no matter what. No, it's like, don't oh, don't worry, it's that. the it's the good one, not the one you were thinking <laughs> of. The good one. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> well, kidding. you have to do oaths anyways, and Jesus says, "Don't make an oath to anything." Yeah. You know, so no, you basically, no you know, anyways. Well, and the things that you do in the temple, honestly, like I had talked about the last episode, and this this thing used to be involved in their ceremony called it what they used to say pay pele l and it, it was they said it was enochian but it's not it's actually hebrew and in hebrew it means hear me oh false god and they used to say that with their mouth like hear me in oh, the false temple. God? oh false god oh wow that's wild and i just i found out so many little things and a lot of enochian ties and a lot of occult stuff like to the point where i'm I'm certain on my own, not anything from here, that he is so similar to John D with his visitation. And it's definitely a cult. Yeah. I, I'm certain. I mean, there's too much. It's yeah. too, there's too much. Yeah. So, so Heidi, did did you did your research in terms of like the Freemasonry stuff? Is that what started you coming out of LDS or was it like, no, so, you came out because of the doctrine and then you found all this stuff out? No, I didn't know anything. And my husband actually had left the church when he was like maybe 15 and he had been a born again Christian. And he said, Hey, I know that you're still interested in going back to the temple and all that stuff. Cause at the time I was in between, I was just not living it. I was what you call Jack Mormon. And so I was thinking about reactivating and getting better and we weren't married yet. And he said, Hey, hold on before you do that. Just watch this Masonic temple ceremony for me on YouTube. And I said, okay. And he'd never been through, but he knew. 
And he said, just watch it before you do that. And so I did. And then I was like, oh my gosh, why are they doing the same stuff? Like what? I thought this was all secret and like nobody knew about this and all this stuff. And so I started getting like all these different feelings about it. I already knew it was weird. I knew it was weird, but everybody convinces you like, oh, it'll get better next time. Just keep going. Like that's what they tell you to do. And I knew I never felt the spirit there. I knew what the spirit was growing up. I knew, I always felt like when I prayed, I I had a good, you know, idea of who God was. And there were so many things that already rubbed me the wrong way. Like they didn't give the priesthood to black people for a long time and all these different things. And I always kind of had that little voice in my head, like, this is a little weird. So when he showed me that, then I started looking at other things. He showed me this guy, uh, Sean McCraney, and, and he has a show called heart of the matter. And it, he's an old bishop. He was a bishop and a missionary and he got out and he started preaching basically all the things. And he has tons and tons and tons of them on YouTube. And I just started going deep dive. And after I started learning some things, I'm like, this is not the way I was like, ah, no, oh, man, God I, is great. I, I mean, I got, that. I got to hand it to them. They, they hide this stuff super well. They hide it. They, I started, they, you know, my wife was kind of asking me about some it. of the stuff. And so I was explaining some of the doctrine and the Masonic ties and, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of women who are like really in like social media influencers who have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even a million followers. And my wife was like, oh my gosh, does this person that I follow, like, do they believe this stuff? And I'm like, honestly, I don't really know. Like, you know, I think I realized like, you know, kind of the same way as, as Christians today, like maybe 1% of people actually know everything that they're supposed to believe. Um, and so, you know, I'd say there's, I think I, I feel fully that there's, there's a lot of people who in LDS are saved who generally think that they have a relationship with Jesus. They don't, they just don't understand how deep this goes. Well, I think the bigger problem is, is that we are all really um, like Jehovah's witnesses, like it, it is ingrained in you from the time you can speak. We have these little kid meetings, like, okay, one, once a month they have testimony meeting. These little kids go up there and, and they recite at four years old. I'd like to bear my testimony. And I know this church is true. And, and I love my parents and that's all. And everybody, oh, you did so good. And, and it's such programming from the time you can speak. That kid doesn't know the church is anything. That kid's four years old and he has no idea of what's going on. You don't know anything when you're that little and, and they do that to you from the time you're in primary and they make everything in the church about it. Like, oh, well, you're going to go to girls camp because you're in the church. Oh, well, you're not Mormon. Oh, you can't come. Like, oh, the whole neighborhood is going and my daughter's not going. Mm -hmm. And then therefore it makes it a lot of pressure to stay in because even if you want to leave and even if you feel like I do, like my family all turn against me except my mom because she was already out this and is my just dad like this is away. just like uh jehovah's witness to be honest and yep. they also want you to only uh research their information that's the same thing with jehovah's yep. witness jw.org uh and if and they'll tell you that anything you you research is is of the devil and it's satanic all those people that are going to tell you something different it's all satanic you know and it's well they it's have really a interesting, whole thing you know? when the, when the church started having a lot of things come out on the internet, they had a full campaign that had people not go on social media. And they had a whole phrase doubt, 
uh, don't doubt your faith, doubt your doubts. Don't research it, doubt your doubts. And this was a real moment. That was like a real slogan. And, and people just accept it because they don't want to be, certainly they don't want to be us because in the family that we're in from my husband, he's the only one that's not gone through the temple and we're treated different. Trust me what I say. Yeah. And I'm treated extra different because I'm an apostate and they yeah. know it. They yeah. know that I went the whole way. He's kind of given grace because he hasn't gone the whole way. So to them, they think, oh, he's just a, a lost kid and he'll come back, you know, someday or he'll get it after he dies. And that's fine. But me, I had the full knowledge and I was like, nah, bro. And so for me, there's only two people that go to outer darkness for Mormons. And that is apostate and murderers. What does outer darkness mean? It's like hell. It's like a uh, purgatory for Catholics. Is, is it like a dragon that's outside of the Remember, Jason? We had that guy on the show, bro. <laughs> I hope not. But there was this guy, there was this guy that was on our show and no offense to him, but he said, no. there's a snake swallowing the tail on the outside of the, the globe that keeps, I don't know if they, they, they believe that. Oh, that's in the order Templi Templi Orientis. Yeah. That's their serpent sign. Yeah, I don't know what outer darkness is. Is to that them. what like, you were going to say, Brandon? Wouldn't, wouldn't it, if in no, the Bible I'm is sure that's, that's Gnostic, isn't it? Like they Something believe like that, that Yahweh is like this so, giant serpent God who basically is like the evil God. And there's eight other gods and that Lucifer is, is kind of that other God who's helping us get away from Yahweh. Yeah. 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 So I'm just wondering what outer darkness, outer darkness. So they don't I believe like, that hell go. is, nah, I know. <laughs> they don't believe that hell is in the earth or what? <laughs> They do believe in hell. It's worse. It's worse than hell. Josh, Josh I always try to push sides. They don't believe that. <laughs> they do. Hell they is in the earth, which is I don't know if it's going to be flat, actually. and we got to get. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is like, hold on a minute. So they don't believe that hell is in the earth. No, I'm just. I'm I don't just know. Trying to... <laughs> I know, we Josh. I'm just with you. Josh, it's just... okay. When because we do our something. episode. You gotta let me know, or I'll oh. let you know. No, no, I'm gonna two. do. I'm gonna tear it up for you, so you can you, uh, you get yeah. the whole thing broken down and see what's up. There yes. you go. I already told you what day we're doing, right? August. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 14th? yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. All I right. So know. I'm gonna have an answer then. If hell is in the earth <laughs> for the Mormons, or right. where I'm supposedly going. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I have news for them. I'm not going with them anyways. So okay. So as I started like thinking about all this stuff, you know, the way that my brain works is like why right and so i started thinking you know you have this like this weird time frame towards the end of the 1800s early 1900s you see mormonism pop up you see jehovah witness pop up you see the satanic church in america pop up you see mm -hmm. the new age church pop up you see the seeds of prosperity mm -hmm. gospel pre like coming up and so it's like what what is going on in this time frame what happened? that, what that happened, the right? enemy is so precise in the way that he is laying landmines mm -hmm. also well it makes you wonder also about skull and, sorry skull and bones and all these uh uh college secret societies also started in the late 1800s mm. and in the same areas that all these things are populating as well so that, ah. that that's also happened as well all the college secret societies mm. Yale Skull and Bones, the Skull and Wrath, all these different secret societies started in the late 1800s around the same time that you're talking about, Brennan. 
Hmm. Heidi, do you have that picture that you showed me of the the temple being built, like oh, in the middle of just like nothing? I don't have it on me, but on the share screen. But I can get it if, if you guys like. I don't know how to. Oh no, you're good. You. We were we were just <laughs> looking at some stuff, and you know, I'm one thing certain. that kind of one thing that kind of struck me as odd was that. So there's a lot of firsthand accounts from basically this time period. And, and a lot of the critics of the Mormon church were talking about how they knew it was basically a farce or fake because it was addressing every single talking point that yes. was going on yes. culturally at the time. And one of those talking points was that people were starting to discuss whether or not the Native American tribes were actually lost tribes of the Israelites. Well, and they, they had also just found um, before this, when Joseph was around 14-ish, when he said he saw his first vision, he also had just heard about the gold Bible that was found in Canada. It was a real thing. And supposedly, I couldn't find the actual information, like who found it or what happened there, but there was a find when they were doing like archaeological digging. So he heard that. He heard, and one guy did say that he took everything that was ever like a conspiracy that you talk about kind of around the water hole back in the day. And he made it a religion between that and the Bible. And there was a guy that hated him. Oh, I forgot to tell this part. And it's so funny. There was a guy that he didn't hate him, but he was really mad that Joseph Smith made the book of Mormon because he knew it was crap and that they were treasure diggers and they were full of it. And he said, he was the printer. And so he took the book to go have it printed. Well, he had to comply because he was backed and had the money. So he, I guess he could have refused the job, but he didn't. And he started taking the excerpts from it. And instead of just keeping it, he made a satire of the Book of Mormon. That was the fun. It is so funny. If you've read the Book of Mormon, it is the funniest thing. His name was Abner Cole. And he wrote a satire under the pseudonym Obadiah Dogberry. Yeah, Dogberry. And he wrote, he wrote that the book is called, instead of the Book of Mormon, the, the Book of Pukei, P-U-K-E-I. And it's this, a whole satire because he's like, I, we can't do anything to stop him from printing it, but I can do this instead and make it like a joke because he was like, it's so crazy that they're even doing this. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of his way to come back at it. But a lot of people were criticizing. I don't think it really flew too well until after he was martyred, which of course helped it along. Him and his brother were martyred. And then the whole thing blew up bad. Wow. And Brigham Young was even worse than Joseph Smith. We don't even <laughs> want to go into that. But I, I think you have yeah. a lion behind you. <laughs> I do. He's so cute. <laughs> Your dog looks like a lion. That's crazy. <laughs> He's, he used to look like a bear when he was all black, but he's giant. <laughs> tight. He's my giant um, baby. <laughs> okay, so we're we're at about an hour and a half, which we usually okay. do the show, and this yeah. was all this what information was amazing. Yep. Uh, the also the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was starting in the late eighteen hundreds. Uh, mm -hmm. OTO uh, was started in the late eighteen hundreds. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, some people believe that the uh, the fallen angels in the book of Enoch were released in the late 1800s is what they believe. And that, that could coincide. I'm not saying that that's true or not, but that's when all the technology yeah. started coming and all that, you know, so there's, there's that. So there's some interesting stuff that, that happened in the late 1800s, you know, and um, 
What a, what a great, great points, Brennan, that you brought up. And then also you, Heidi, you did a great job. Both of you did an amazing job. We appreciate you. Thank you, Thank you for your hard research. I was uh, going into this. I just wanted to, because uh, last episode I, I researched really well for, I wanted to have a bunch of Bible verses. So this one was more to let Heidi and Brennan kind of come with their stuff and uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and doing another great show. Um, I, I like the combination Exodus, of you two. Huh? Exodus 24 about graven images. Let's go. The temple. God, yeah. God doesn't live in buildings. Nope. Yes. Exodus 24. And also like <laughs> necromancy is forbidden in the yeah. Bible, you know, so there's no changing yeah. of the Bible. The Bible stays yeah. true. Bible Let me, I'll give Bible. you guys any last, I'll give you guys last words. Any last words, Brendan, before we go? Uh, you know, I just say Heidi crushed it as usual. I just am super thankful for her, you know, being brave and bold and thanks to, you know, Josh, you and Jason for creating a, a, a platform and a community that like, Heidi and I would have never connected without, you know, a podcast that you guys are doing. So thanks for that. And, uh, you know, just to anyone out there, like hit me up on Instagram, like message me, like, let's be community. Let's, let's dive into this stuff together. So shout out your Instagram. Uh, it's at B wobble 11, B W O B B L E 11. Yes. And Brennan is super awesome. He was, he did an episode with Brandon's the for awesome. us and we're going to have him again. And then uh, also we'll try to have, I guess we could have a combination of both of you guys. You guys do do very well yeah. together. So yeah. uh, any last words, Heidi, for the audience or anybody that's that's on the fence or anybody that is in Mormonism, anything you could say to them yeah. to help them kind of move them along? Absolutely. My words, I never wanted to do any of, um, I never thought I would do anything like this. I, I never imagined this, but if I can get one person and get them to where I was, where I was at that critical point and my husband helped tip it for me and I found God, don't just throw it all out. I see so many Mormons leave the church and feel like they're so angry because they've been lied to and they just say nothing is real because nothing can be real. If all of this was fake, that's not true. I found God. You can find God. God is real. The Bible is real. Don't give up. Even if you have a mustard seed, you will grow and it will be okay. And you can follow me at the unfiltered rise. We're going to talk a lot about even my exit out, all those things on YouTube, Instagram, all those platforms, socials, all the things. Awesome. Jason, any last words, brother? Yeah, just, we're not here to, you know, teach you these things. We're going to, you know, show you the both sides of it, you know, maybe the worst side, the good side, and then you make your decision on yourself. So be yourself teacher. That's what we're trying to teach people be their self teachers, not, don't don't take our word for anything. Like if you dive into yourself and you and you and you find that hey man that does sound right, then there you go. But don't die, don't take their word for it either. Yeah, don't right? take anybody's word for it. You know, yeah. go for it. You know, just don't just just don't think it's the truth because somebody said it. You know, just you know, find some facts. Yes. So, awesome. Yeah, that was great, Heidi. 100, 100. 100. 100 <laughs> percent Okay, so we got 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so guys, be careful. You know, I mean, there's a lot of false doctrines out there. Make sure, you know, the Bible does not change. You know, science changes like underwear. Uh, some of these doctrines out there change like underwear, but the Bible never changes. The word of God never changes. We don't need any. What they try to say is this is an ancient book and we need a new interpretation for the new age, right? We don't need that. 
The Bible is not going to change. We don't need anybody to reinterpret the Bible. We don't need a new book. We don't need a uh, uh, an angel coming to somebody, you know, because you know what? It could be demonic. It could be a demon. You know, if they take the Bible and they change it like 10%, uh, you know, there's 90% truth and there's a 10% lie. They say, let God be truth and let God be true and every man a liar, Romans 3, 4. So understand something that every man's a liar. There's a lot of people that are going to have motivations behind what they're trying to do. We don't, we don't know what, what Joseph Smith's entire motivations are. I don't know what he was trying to do, but I know that when anybody's involved in Freemasonry in magic in the occult, anything like that, even if they're barely dabbling in it, whatever they're doing, I know that there's a bad intentions behind it. And sometimes demons attached to people. Sometimes people make deals with the devil. Sometimes people make deals with Satan to try to get fame, to try to get money, to try to get treasure, to try to get glory, whatever they want to get. And what happens is when they give you 90% truth and 10% lie or 85% truth and 50% and lie, then there's a lie in there. But Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, right? So truth is very important. So make sure that before you go and follow something to the to the T and die for it, uh, if it's a mountain you're trying to die on, make sure that it's 100% truth. And the only hill that I'll die on is the Bible and, and, and God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's the only hill that I'll die on. And nobody else, I don't need a false prophet. I don't need a man telling me anything, whether he's a, uh, a high high priest of, of, of wherever. I don't need any of that. You know what I mean? We just have God, you know, and Jesus is the bridge between us and God, the mediator. We have that already. We don't need the Pope. We don't need any, we don't need to pray to Mary, pray to saints, necromancy, or pray to anything. So guys, I just want to tell you guys, we already have what we need. Brendan was talking about it. The, the high priest, the Melchizedek, all that stuff reigning forever on the throne with, with God, the father is Jesus Christ, right? So please guys be sober and vigilant, just like this verse says, because your adversary, the devil walketh as a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour and he will devour you. And he'll also come as an angel of light too. So just know that. We appreciate everybody that's listening. We're going we're gonna to end this in prayer, okay? So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you so much for blessing us with Brennan and Heidi and Jason. Uh, this podcast, I think, is just exposing the evil. Uh, if you could, please lead people to the truth, Lord, please. You know, they need the truth. Uh, all these lies that maybe they've been brainwashed, please help them to, to uh, you know, just squeeze it out like... Uh, like water, you know, just squeeze all this, this out and, and just give them the truth, help them come to you, Lord. And, uh, you know, we want to, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to do anything like that with this Lord. We just want to do it gently. So if you could just supernaturally help people to understand that we're not here to do that, you know, I know that some people get offended by this, but you know, the truth hurts, you know, when the truth comes, it hurts and people are going to persecute and not want to hear the truth. And we just want to Make sure that the, that they know that you are the truth, the way, the truth, the life. Lord, we appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank amen. you guys for listening. This is part two to uh, the, the, the exposing the Mormons. So we just want to make sure that you guys share this with as many people as you can because you never know who needs to hear it. And also subscribe, like, leave us a five-star review on Apple. We appreciate you. And Spotify. Thank you. God bless, God bless you. Oh, oh. Unfiltered Rise too. You're good. Unfiltered Rise too. Please check that one out. Leave a five star review and also check it out on YouTube. Thank you. I just wanted to tell you after your prayer, all that kept going in my mind is Jesus said it was done and it's done. It's done. It was done with him. 
we don't need anybody else. You know what I'm saying? We're just waiting for his return. God bless Great you. Prayer.